0: Harrow the Boys is a new tr- uh, thriller. It's set in the Glen of Aherlow in Tipperary and it's written by a Tipperary man from Tipperary Town, Paul White, who joins me now. Paul, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. Thanks uh, for having me. Oh, you're extremely welcome indeed. First of all, congratulations on the book. I'm not sure what I was expecting, uh, Paul, mm-hmm. but I certainly wasn't expecting uh, Harrow the Boys. um in in, in that fashion. I want to talk to you about that in in a moment, but first of all, tell me a bit about you. You're not a full-time writer, is that fair to say?
1: Oh, no. Like a lot of people in Ireland writing, uh, we have day jobs. Mm. Uh, I work in the uh, technology industry up in Dublin, uh, and I just sort of write in my spare time, which is few and far between at the moment, uh, with three kids, but... We'll make it work.
0: <laughs> oh, very good. And when, when did the writing bug uh, uh, bite you? I mean, you, you went to the Abbey and in, in, in the CBS in, in Tipperary Town. Were you writing always?
1: I was. I was kind of, well, I, I, as I kind of said to someone recently, I was kind of making stuff up all the time, but I wasn't really writing. I didn't really have a lot of confidence. I, I didn't do well in my English in my leaving even. Um, but I do remember... Are you remember, serious? Oh, yeah, no, I got a D in, in my leave in English. Oh, my God. And so it was. It was. I always had the, the, I guess, the bug for for making up stories, but I never kind of thought that I, I'd be able to write. Uh, and then I met a, a friend of mine in maybe 2006, and uh, he was just. He's he's a pretty famous writer now, and uh, he just you know I got just got kind of infected by, by his love for it, and I did you know I I I I caught the bug as you said, and I just I couldn't stop reading. I I consumed as much of it I as I could, and then around 2010 I started writing my own short stories which is I, I, actually it was Stephen King's book that prompted me to do that mm. uh, and you know I just I, I started submitting them and eventually I guess I got better and better and then the last two or three years I got loads of short stories published in, in lovely places and uh, yeah that's that's kind of
0: the long and short of it. I, I'm still taken aback at the fact you didn't do well in English because your use of language is absolutely wonderful. I mean, it really, oh, thank is you, wonderful. Your descriptions are so vivid and as to tell me a bit about the story though because it is a it's set in in the future but it's not sci-fi or anything like that. Um, but there's a green sort of element to it as well. Would you would you tell listeners just a brief outline?
1: Yeah, so it is set in the future. Um, I kind of like stories that don't tell you a whole lot of what about the bigger world. Mm. I don't like stories that are kind of, I guess, all, only about... I, I like people to kind of feel like there's other stuff happening in this world besides this story, you know? Mm. Um, so the story is set in uh, the Glen of Arlo, uh, in a near future where much of the Midwest has been flooded by either seawater or kind of distorted weather systems and floodwater. Uh the main characters live literally on Christ the King. <laughs> yeah. And um, they, they make a living by going down into the Glen and kind of farming scrap and copper mm. and they're whatever they can.
0: They're salvagers, like...
1: They're salvagers, yeah, yeah they're salvagers. Mm. And um, business isn't booming, and they get a, a sort of a summer job to lay fibre for a, a company. And they say, look, we'll go, we'll go down into the Glen one, for one last time before we head out. And I guess the story is what happens when they go down that, that last time, things are fine at first we get to see some lovely locations throughout uh, Tip Town or sorry we hear a little bit about Tiptown, mm-hmm. but but uh, it's mostly it mostly takes place inside the Glen and you, you hear about places like Bansha and Moss mm-hmm. and Van and Coach Road and uh, yeah things things don't go all that well though by the end <laughs> and uh I don't
0: want to spoil it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't spoil it because it certainly took me. I mean, what what happened about halfway? It took took me totally by surprise. As I say, I'm not sure what I was expecting. Funnily enough, on my notes here, I have Stephen King uh, written down in terms of influence. I also would have Clockwork Orange with there, Anthony Burgess, and and maybe even Tarantino in there.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, your name and all, you're hitting all the pleasure centres there, friend. I love all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, A lot of it, I mean, I I like a lot of Asian stuff as well, growing up. And I kind of wanted it to be like a 90 minute. My idea was that this was a sort of a, if it was a film, it'd be one that you, you know, you didn't know anything about. It's Sunday night, there's nothing on. You put on a film, you go, just, I'll put this on and you just, it blows you away. And, you know, that's kind of what I wanted it to be. A nice, short slap in the face. Mm. And I wanted it to be set in the place where I grew up.
0: And, and it certainly is. There's, there's language in there as well. You're almost creating a language of the future to, to some degree as well. A little bit. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the rinse, for example. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We talk about the rinse. So I, I guess, I guess, the, I, one thing that's kind of, I, I don't know if it's missing, but it's, it, it certainly didn't hit me is the way people from Tipperary talk is very different to anywhere else. Like yes. we're, we, we use humor an awful lot. Yes. And, uh, yeah. We, we, certainly in my family growing up, my dad had like, I think, 13 siblings. And, you know, they almost had their own language the way they talked. Yeah, <laughs> so my Uncle, yeah. Ollie, Uncle Ollie was always um, uh, making up words. And I think at one point, someone, they used the word slawn yes. as a, as a, as a, as almost like a, a derogatory. And that's something that, that Ollie would have said. So it was really more about, um, I guess the Anthony Burgess mm-hmm. thing, that makes sense, but it was more about what would stuff, in the future sound like through the kind of colloquial nature of how they would speak and tip.
0: Yes, and it works so well because, you know, the, the this very Irish thing of the insult to almost being a term of friendship, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that the three boys in it, like, they, they do love each other, you know, they're very, yeah. very close, but they, they talk to each other. Yes. Like, if you didn't know them, uh, you, you'd think they hated each other sometimes.
0: Yes, but well, it's two two brothers and a best friend, of course, are central to That's the, it, yeah. to, to yep. the whole story. Tell me about the title as well, because I'm intrigued. Uh Harrow the Boys.
1: Yeah, so everybody wants to know about the title. So the uh, Harrow the Boys is a, an extract from the rebel song Dool of I think the, the the actual line is, um, it was that to Harrow the Boys of Wexford taught Reggie's regiment how men could men fight. Men could have got that yeah. wrong, yeah. Yeah. So it, there's a sort of a parallel between what happens in the story and what happens in Harold Du Boys, or sorry, and, and happens in Boulevard. Mm. Plus, uh, you know, there is there was this sort of um, kind of a mythology to, to, to some of these stories growing up that, you know, when you were young, you didn't really understand everything that they were about, but you knew they were about heroes and you knew that they were about um, this sort of, almost like our own Greek myths. And there's a little bit of that in the story, and, I, and it's also, it's my dad's, one of my dad's favourite songs, so I, uh, I, I guess I just, when I think of that place, I think of that song, and I wanted to kind of marry them together, plus the boys get into a harrowing
0: situation, so it kind of works. I yeah. Think yeah. It's also a very interesting portrait on, you know, how people react differently to trauma, um, yeah. you know, and, and people come out the other side of that, and, and you know, how they behave in times of trauma.
1: Yeah, it was really. I mean, I mean, that's uh, thanks for for I guess re- uh, that read of it because it is. I mean, the original idea was that it would be about fathers and it would be about stuff that happened or you know trauma, as you said. Mm. Um, and I'd have to go into spoilers to kind of discuss. Some now, of of course, the thematic element, yes. elements of it. But no, that absolutely was was part of the, the thing. You know, uh, uh, it I was really uh, particularly in the two brothers. Mm. Uh, there's a, there's a something that happens and. Again, I try not to, to, to be too on the nose about what's happening with them. Uh, mm. but- I think it's subtle enough just
0: to to kind of fly into the background. It's it's very wonderful indeed. The use of the reptile as well. I found. (laughs) Spoiler, Frank. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, I said reptile, so it could be. That's true. That's true. Right. 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 But but again, it's something I have dreadful fears of. So again, (laughs) that that really hit me. Anyway, I'll say no more for for the fear of giving it away. No, but that is
1: that is actually based on um, a myth from Arlo. Um, Is it? I want to get into. I believe so. I believe so. You do a bit of Googling, you might there, there might be uh, something. Plus, it kind of fits into the adaption narrative that I was kind of going
0: for as well. Right. The other thing that struck me about it was, and again, this would fit in with some of maybe the influences on it. This is very cinematic.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I'm a, I was a big. Uh, I don't really have much time for films anymore, but I was a huge myself, and my 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 mate Dave, also from Tiptown, Town, is mm. uh, we're, we're we're a bit of movie heads, and certainly uh, I was I was influenced by again those kind of movies that you watch. In the eighties mm. and nineties. Uh, there's something we've lost. Some parts of like just the good ninety-minute movie that uh, you know you can just enjoy, and yeah. it doesn't have to be tied to anything, and it's in its own world. And uh, yeah, there was, some, there was something about that that I that I loved, and I, I do kind of. I guess because I came to writing late, I, a lot of the storytelling uh, and the narrative tools that I learned came from films. And lots of writers talk about that. Like Kevin Barry talks mm. about how much of an influence is to him.
0: Uh, and yeah. Absolutely. Um, there is a slight danger, I suppose, to some degree, that people might think, oh God, he's a, he's a green now and he's making some big, huge point about climate change and one thing and another. That's not the case. It's very subtle, in fact, about the climate uh, element to this.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't. So I was obviously conscious of it um, throughout, but it was really more about and it kind of strikes home. Actually, it's very strange that Tiptown was flooded there a couple of days ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this came out as well, I prophecy getting, or what? Yeah, prophecy <laughs> or what. But uh, yeah, so I, the, the thing with, the, with uh, I suppose, with the climate change aspect of it, I really wanted to, and similar to, you know, how people have coped in the last hundred days is I wanted it to be about, I guess, people adapting to the worst possible situation because I kind of see what's coming as, sort of inevitable there's not going to be a whole lot we can do about it it's going to be a lot more than weather it's going to be you know trauma on a global scale so i kind of saw it as this inevitable thing that was coming and i i I thought look there's enough messages out there um you can see these people are happy where they are but it's also not a very nice place to live
0: yeah and 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 that's what comes out it's rather grim all right that's for sure um how can we pick up uh, the book paul
1: um, so first of all, Fran, thanks for reading it. I can't, you know, I, I can't believe you, you read so much of it. I really enjoyed
0: um, it. I really enjoyed it over the weekend. Um,
1: that's, a, that's a real treat. Um, so if, the, if anyone wants to buy it, you can buy it too. It um, you can buy it online. We've released it digitally. We were supposed my, the whole launch was supposed to happen on June second, but obviously what what happened happened. Mm. Um, so we've released it digitally. Um, you can pick it up by using your Kindle or using the Kindle app on your on your on, on your laptop, on your phone, on your uh, ipad or whatever Um you can use you can buy it through google books through itunes through uh kobo i think the or sorry uh, nook uh or you can wait till september and buy it in shops oh, yeah. in, well, in, in in
0: all the whatever way the anybody shop. buys it i would highly recommend this not just because it's a temporary book but i mean this is a very <laughs> fine piece of work it's called harrow uh, the boys have you something else in mind are you already working on something else paul
1: so I've two. So I've the sequel to Harrow. I'm working on at the moment, slowly again to three kids, uh, mm. and been and in lockdown. It's kind of tough to to, to work. Oh God, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, but I, I wasn't expecting this book to get published. To be honest, I was. I was working on another book set in the seventies in Tip Town, um, so I stopped that halfway through after I got published, and I started working on the sequel to Harrow. So I, I guess I have two books in the next two years. I, I would hope based on Tip.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> ironically enough. Um, and yeah,
0: very good. Well, listen, I, I can't wait. Doing. I can't wait for the next one. I hope you'll you'll make sure that you let us know when there's uh, white smoke about that. But listen, well done to you, Paul. Uh, do you get back to tip much uh, with kids and stuff, or is that we do? Way?
1: It's tough. You know, anyone will tell you. Like, uh, my, but all the kids are under seven. Uh, oh so Lord. drive down is is no crack sometimes, but we get down as much as we can. Um, I, I just give a quick shout out. Please, my mom. My mom is going for surgery. Tomorrow, and I just uh, oh. want to wish her all the best. Is she?
0: I know your mom very well, actually, is she? I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, God, Almighty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: and that's it. And my, and my brother, Dan, is just after having a baby as well, uh, a new addition to the family, Joshua. Right. Uh, so, congrats for them, Dan and Laura. And, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, listen. We hope Thank we'll see you, and you, you might come into us. In fact, if you're if you're down around, if you have some time at some point or other, we'd love I'd to. I love to. You in Maybe some.
1: in September, if we're all allowed to move around. I'll
0: all right. We we'll look forward to it. Uh, thanks, Paul, and congratulations. Thanks so much. To you. I Thank really you. appreciate it, friend. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye to you now. Bye-bye. That is uh, Tipperary man Paul White there, and uh, his book is called Harold the Boys. And again, I would highly recommend it uh, to you, indeed.